You're listening to Father Kirby Longo's Homilies, powered by Mountain Catholic. Father Kirby is a priest of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Helena and pastor of Christ the King University Parish in Missoula, Montana. One of the great strengths and weaknesses of our society is our intense individualism. And, you know, from the beginning of our country, it was, it was of course, necessary to emphasize it for the sake of our freedom. But it will always tempt us to think in our minds that something like marriage is sort of foreign to us, that we're an island. And so therefore, anything that takes away from our individuality is a sort of accessory. And this is not true. You know, from the beginning, St. Augustine, one of the greatest minds who ever lived, said that we're not, we're not joined together as something foreign, but it is the most fundamental human bond. Before there were civilizations or laws or economies, there was the family. But that's not really the, the majority opinion today. You know, traditional marriage, even monogamy itself, is seen as some remnant of Western patriarchy as a overblown, outdated, oppressive force. Uh, though I guess, you know, most of the scholars I've read who actually said that were wealthy, tenured Ivy League professors who came from traditional stable homes. So I guess they're not maybe bought into their ideas. But regardless of who's saying it, the idea is trickling down. I forget whether you're whether you guys are considered millennials or Gen Z, but millennials it's estimated 30% of our generation are not going to get married at all, which is kind of crazy. I guess I'm included in that as a priest, but it's not because all the guys are becoming priests. You know, That's the highest in history of any generation. But you, Dugan and Kinsey, in contrast to all of this, have gone about preparing for marriage in the most straightforward way. So it's so straightforward that it seems almost radical today. You're young, you're just out of college, you haven't dated for 10 years, that's pretty much the norm now. You haven't taken off and traveled the world together, you haven't lived the van life at all. You didn't even live together at all, which is like one of the few sort of sins in modern society. You actually want kids, maybe more than two, uh, which seems insane by our generation's standards. Yeah, as a priest, I always encourage and maybe shoot for five or eight, you know. For all this, I want to affirm you, because that is a beautiful and courageous choice. And it's not easy to go against the culture of the day and listen to the wisdom of the church. And I promise that all of these decisions, which are not easy, and take faith, will bear great fruit in your life. You prepared well. You made God the center of your marriage in a very concrete way as we all see today. So you can trust that God will give you the strength and the patience to endure whatever might come. And all this made me think about your first reading, which is a really intense reading that's taken out of the context uh, of the situation. You know, Tobiah and Sarah find themselves in this situation where they, they're sure that Tobiah is going to die. I don't want to tell the whole story. but So they're terrified and and they do the simplest possible thing, which is they get 
on their knees at the foot of their bed, and they pray that God might save them in this situation. And they do so right as sort of her father's literally digging his grave. So you could think of that as a sort of world just assuming today that marriage isn't going to work out. That's the assumption. And yet, despite that, your simple decisions that you made, not easy but simple, are going to give you the strength to make it. And as that reading finished, to live together to a happy old age. But that's enough affirmation. You know, I can see Dugan getting uncomfortable from the amount of affirmation that I'm giving him right now. <laughs> Let's get real. You know, neither of you are perfect, and you know that, which is a good start. But a good start means nothing if you don't finish strong. You know, in high school, I was taking the ACT. I aced the first half of my science section, and I fell asleep. Don't let your marriage fall asleep. The largest demographic today for divorce is actually boomers, like in this, in this time, you know, in your 50s and 60s. And that's because their kids have left, so there's nothing to take their time and their energy, and they realize that they neither knew nor enjoy the person that they're now living with. Your children are amazing. They are really the crown jewel of marriage. They're the thing that keep you together in many ways. And they're the thing that make you holy. But in the midst of that chaos of raising children, two things are essential. That you find time to pray and that you find time to be together. Just the two of you. You know, Augustine describes marriage in a really interesting way. He says that man and woman are joined together side by side. And they walk together, looking together wherever they walk. And why side by side? We always think sort of the, maybe the embrace. But it's because marriage is not an inward-looking thing. It's not about you. It's a great adventure into the unknown together. If you ask any couple in this crowd who have been married for some time whether their life has gone according to plan, their answer will be a sort of long and beautiful and exciting and often painful story that essentially says, no, it never goes according to plan. So then what are we doing here, though? You know, at the foot of the altar. Why are we in this place why do we make it such a big deal? Everyone understands that marriage is a big deal. You might point to the second reading, uh, which is the most perfect proclamation of love that's ever been said. You know, Paul says it better than anybody else. All the different beautiful descriptors of love. But I'd say that without the gospel that you chose, the second reading isn't made possible. So Jesus is challenged on divorce, and he points back to the beginning, to the very beginning of humankind, and he points to the ideal before the fall, and he says, so they're no longer two but one flesh, therefore what God has joined together, man must not separate. He doesn't say this to be harsh, he doesn't say it to put him down, to make life seem hard, but to make space for love to grow. Because love can only grow with that perfect commitment of your heart. 
So today, you commit your entire life, your whole future, which you can't see and you can't know what that means, but you commit it to one another anyways. Everything you have is no longer yours. You know, your money, your energy, your time, your faults, your debt, your sleep, your suffering, you share it all now. And this is precisely what makes love possible. We can't love in a vacuum. We can only love the person that's before our face. So call upon God, who is love. And by his grace, the two of you will learn to love. And as Paul tells us, love never fails.